When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Dan, and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Today, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I answer three questions. We each came to the podcast with one question, and we threw them out there, and we discussed them. We were on a little bit of a time crunch today. Uh, so maybe not quite as long of, of a podcast as you're used to, but uh, we still got in through three questions. We start with why the Browns. Well, you know what? I'm going to leave it as a surprise. You got to listen to hear all three of the questions, even though you probably saw the headline on this. So you know what at least one of them is. Anyway, Football Insider. You want to be a subscriber? You should be a subscriber. You go to Cleveland.com slash Browns and click on the blue banner at the top of the page. You get info. You get signed up for that daily newsletter delivered right to your inbox. Become one of our text subscribers. And most importantly, those stories on cleveland.com slash browns that have that subscriber exclusive up there, well, that's you. You can get access to those stories. Again, cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get all the info and get signed up. All right, here we go. Our Wednesday Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. And here we go on our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We're going to do three questions here. Scott, you had a good one, so why don't you start us off? All right, so uh, earlier this week, I texted out to our football uh, football insider subscribers uh, a question, and it was, what's the biggest reason for the Browns being five and five right now? Uh, now, obviously, a lot of things factor into that. It's not just one thing, but I wanted to get an idea of, like, what's at the top of the list? So I gave them, uh, I want to hear what you guys have to think. I have to say first before I tell you how they voted, but here are the six categories uh, that I gave them. Uh, one is coaching, just coaching. When you probably, you know, preparation is probably involved in that, just coaching. Defensive inconsistencies, which can include coaching. Offensive inconsistencies, again, that can cl- include coaching. Injuries, just poor execution on both sides of the ball, which could just be termed players, I guess. Uh, and then QB play. I felt that was one thing that probably needed to be a little more specific since Baker gets so much uh, attention. So poor, just poor execution, offense, defense, coaching, injuries, QB play. Mm. What goes at the top of your list? What has been the <laughs> biggest problem? So all of so all of the above was not an option. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, I mean, I. I do think we could go through game by game and like point to like, okay, so this one was quarterback play. This one was offense, like poor coaching. This one, but um, yeah, that's a tough one. I always hate to fall back on the injury excuse, but I do feel like that's been a big piece of the season. Just like the key guys that have been hurt and every team deals with that. I mean, the tight, like the Titans are, have the best record in the AFC right now. 
and they've won their last two games without um, without Derrick Henry. So, so I mean, I hate to fall back on the injury excuse, but I, I do think that has to be part of the, the discussion, especially because we're talking about they've been without Kareem Hunt now for four games. Nick Chubb has been in and out of the lineup. He's only played seven games. So I think that has to be part of it. I don't know if I, if I would say that's the number one factor, though, Mary Kay. I don't, what do you think? You know what? You guys know I'm super quarterback-centric when it comes to these kinds of things. So the first thing that comes to my mind is quarterback play because I do still think that even in games like a 15-10 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, that if you have better quarterback play, you're going to win that football game. Your defense held them to 15 points. And on five occasions this season, the Browns have held their opponents to 16 points or fewer. And therefore, uh, in my mind, I, I just think it comes down to a lot to quarterback play. And aren't they averaging right now something like 17 points per game or something like that? That's what the Browns were averaging back in the day when they were really bad and winning, you know, just a couple of games a year. You can't average 17 points a game on offense and expect to do anything. So in my mind, the number one thing is quarterback play. Now, is that tied into injuries this year? Are we going to find out after the season that Baker's going to say, you know, gosh, I, I just, you know, that harness, I just couldn't throw with that thing on. And I was in so much pain and all that kind of stuff. Maybe it is that because he really hasn't been himself since tearing the labrum uh, in week two. Uh, but whatever the case may be, in my mind, it's quarterback play. And if you have to solve that by even by using Case Keenum for a while or whatever, whatever you have to do, you have to fix that or you're not going anywhere this season. Yeah, I wasn't sure what I was going to put at the top. Um, I, I do think injuries are important because they, especially on the offensive side of the ball, last season, this team was able to like the offense was able to bail out the defense a lot. lot. Um, and they just missing the running backs like they have, the injuries on the offensive line. They never had Landry, Beckham, and Peoples-Jones on the field together this season. And not that that would have like just solved every problem, but like that was a trio that I think everybody was kind of excited to see uh, as, as they broke camp. And it just, you know, the injuries – and Beckham not getting on the field right away. And then DPJ, you know, has the groin thing right when uh, Landry comes back and uh, it just never happened. So things like that, I, I do think, but then that kind of plays into poor execution, you know, because even the guys that were out there, especially on defense um, have had their issues. Uh, so I, I don't know. I do think the injuries can't be overlooked because they've just been to such key people uh, on this team. So as for how our football uh, insider subscribers voted, they did not agree with Mary Kay. <laughs> QB play was last. QB wow. play got um, actually tied, I guess, for second, last, second to last uh, with just under 9% of the vote with quarterback play tied with offensive inconsistencies. So people don't really seem to be blaming the offense or at least not the quarterback as much um, right above them at 12% injuries. So I think we may be putting a little more on, on the injury issues than, uh, than the subscribers are. 
So then the top three, number three, coaching, just coaching in general, 18%. Then defensive inconsistency, 20%. And then at 29% is just poor execution on both sides of the ball. And I think just maybe injuries roll into that for some people. Uh, a lot of responses, people who texted back saying that they voted for one thing, but they kind of thought about another uh, response as well and, and kind of had them together. And I know that injuries obviously has, have led to that execution issue. Well, what, one of the things that comes to mind is the fact that over the last several years, you can look at uh, football teams that have had bad defenses and still played really good winning football. And even uh, in some cases gone on to win the Super Bowl with uh, not a very good defense. And the Kansas City Chiefs are one of those that come to mind. And they overcame those issues with really good quarterback play and a quarterback completing touchdown passes to receivers and tight ends and running backs. And that's not happening this year. I mean, it's just not happening. Nine <laughs> touchdowns. I mean, nine touchdown passes by Baker Mayfield. Only three. And Scott, you wrote about the wide receivers today. And as we met, we were kidding around about it yesterday, saying that was going to, you know, that was going to be a pretty short story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so the wide receivers only have, isn't it? It's four touchdown catches, right? Scott, is that what it is? DPJ has three, I think. I believe so. Yeah, I think that's right. And then Rashard has one. Um, so Jar Jarvis has a rushing touchdown. There you <laughs> well, go. Yeah, there's that. Oh, so four touchdown catches by what was supposed to be a really explosive receiving core this season. Right. Um, so I still think, and you know, I understand where the, um, where the subscribers might be coming from on this, because when you come off a game like that, uh, where you have given up 45 points, the quarterback isn't front of mind after a loss like that. It feels mm. very defense oriented. It, you know, you, you have Joe Woods on your mind, you have the defense on your mind, but I still think that if your quarterback is executing well and your offense is staying on the field and converting third downs, uh, that filters out to the whole entire rest of the team defense, you know, defense, not getting gassed, and all of those kinds of things. So once again, uh, I think it's a quarterback-driven league, and I think that, uh, that that has been the number one problem this season. Yeah, I think, again, I just think we could go through all of these games and we could look at, like, against Kansas City, this was the reason. Against, like, all of these losses we can find, you know, or, or maybe it's a combination of these reasons, but I just keep coming back to... And, and maybe this speaks to the quarterback issue, Mary Kay. I, I keep coming back to this team. If they're going to be successful, they need their running backs. They need to have Nick Chubb. They need to have at least one of these guys on the field. But when they have both on the field, it just changes the complexion of this offense so much. And, and like, I even think back to that Pittsburgh game, that, that 15 to 10, where Nick Chubb was not 100%. And that fourth down that they went for near midfield, it, it just feels like Kareem Hunt maybe would have picked that up right? Just the way they complement each other, the way they're, they're running styles. And, um, and again, that probably speaks to a lot of other issues, but if this team's going to be successful, I think it's going to be because they get both of those guys back on the field. And, and those guys are just absolute matchup nightmares. Like those are the guys that keep defensive coordinators up at night right now. And unfortunately they haven't had Kareem Hunt for four weeks and they haven't had Nick Chubb 
for three games this year, including against New England. Is it a different game if Nick Chubb is able to play on Sunday? I don't know. It was such a disaster on Sunday. Maybe not. But I do think there are, there are some other games where, you know, down the stretch here, if you don't have those two guys, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Um, go, go ahead, Mary Kane. I, I agree with you to a certain extent, but let's look what happened with the New England Patriots on Sunday. They were without their lead running back in Damian Harris, right? And their backup running back came in and gave them a 100-yard game, which is basically what, uh, what Dearness Johnson did for the Browns. But in addition to that, the Browns didn't really do anything else uh, on the ground. And a lot of that is because they fell behind. But I still think that there were other opportunities to try to do some different things in the game plan, whether it be reverses or jet sweeps. You try something with JoJo Natson. I mean, you know, do something other than, um, you know, other than what they did. And I do agree uh, that it's, it's hell on the Cleveland Browns to be without Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But I think you can accomplish the ground game. We've seen what kind of vision Dearness Johnson has. I think he's a heck of a runner, just the way Ramondre Stevenson was for the Patriots. The difference between the Patriots and the Browns, in my mind, in that game, was the Patriots had a really nice passing game as well. They had a really, really good passing game and a good performance from their quarterback. And I think you can overcome a lot. There's not, not every single team has obviously Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, and they, you know, they still get the job done because they focus more on the pass and the Browns don't have a passing game right now. And it's just so puzzling and mind blowing to me. I can't figure it out. I mean, I really want to get a handle on it and I just, I can't, can you guys? Not really. It's not a, they're just not efficient right now. They, they're, they're not getting the production they got last year. And some of it has to do with how uh, off target said quarterback has been when throwing to wide receivers, especially. So yeah, that's been part of it. Yeah. That, that's why I say, I think their reliance on those two guys maybe speaks to yeah. some other issues <laughs> Yeah, Be, beyond, it. beyond that reliance. Okay. Mary Kay, what was your question? Well, like I said, you know, I am quarterback centric all the time. And so I'm going to stick with that theme as we go through our questions here. And my question is, and I'm kind of, um, you know, basing it off the, the column that Charles Robinson of Yahoo uh, Sports wrote this week, which was kind of interesting, where he basically said, you know, the Browns are going to need to do something like uh, what the Titans did when they got to a certain point with Marcus Mariota. And they went out and they got themselves Ryan Tannehill. And so my question to you guys, and the, the one that I'm throwing out there is, uh, should the Browns come up with a really strong backup plan at quarterback as they head into the 2022 season. And maybe the answer, you know, isn't to have, you know, Baker and case, should they go out and find somebody that could be their Ryan Tannehill in the event that this doesn't work out. And one of the reasons why you might argue against it is because for some of the reasons that we're discussing right now, and that are, that is, is he injured enough that it is impacting his game and he still is a really good quarterback? Did they not address the wide receiver room to the point where they should have heading into this year? Did they not recognize that perhaps Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry coming off a number of surgeries and a number of injuries and heading into their 29th birthdays in November might not be everything that they have been in the past in their careers 
and that, you know, maybe they needed to beef up the room a little bit more and they didn't. Um, do they need to completely change their game plan and put the gunslinger dude back into Baker Mayfield and change up the, the play calling? Uh, so maybe they don't need their Ryan Tannehill. Maybe they just need to rehabilitate Baker and surround him with better receivers. Or maybe they do need to find their Ryan Tannehill. What do you guys think? Who is the current equivalent of Ryan Tannehill? Who's out there? Um, Well, you know, I haven't really spent a a whole, whole ton of time trying to figure it out unless you could get Drew Brees on the phone and see if he wants to come back and play some football again. But, um, you know, I haven't really thought of exactly who that guy is yet. Um, You know, I mean, you've got Mitch Trubisky hanging around up there in in Buffalo. And, you know, is he is he someone that can play better in a better situation and surrounded by better talent than what we've seen of him so far? I I don't know about that. Uh, So we, we would have to, you know, dig deep to find it. And maybe it's. I don't know what the quarterback class is yet like in the draft because I haven't really started to study all those guys yet, but, you know, maybe there's somebody that they should be drafting. I mean, look at how Mac Jones is performing. You found him at number 15 and look at the game he had the other day. I'm very impressed by him. So, you know, do you need to go out and find your guy? I mean, obviously the other option is no, we think this is the guy and we're going to talk about, you know, getting that extension done. I just don't feel an extension vibe right now at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you could do an extension right now. I think there's too many unknowns mm-hmm. unless you're, you're convinced that the injury is, is the issue. Um, I, I just, there's just too many unknowns. Even if, even if you still believe in Baker, there's too many unknowns. And, and you mentioned the gunslinger part of it, Mary Kay, the problem with bringing back the gunslinger Baker Mayfield is he threw 35 interceptions in 30 games when he was a gunslinger in 2018 and 2019. So Mm -hmm. you've kind of built in this system to sort of bring out the best in him, or at least try to bring out what you think is the best in him. Um, And and so I think it's got to be within this system. And and frankly, look, Kevin Stefanski's not going anywhere. This offense isn't going anywhere. So if it's going to work with Baker, it has to work within this system. I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting proposal from, from Charles Robinson. I don't have names to attach. I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned Mitch and I thought, Oh, come on. You really want to bring in Mitch, but he was sort of like Brian Tannehill was kind of Mitch Trubisky in Miami. So I don't know, maybe you do stumble across that guy, but the, I mean, these, this is the decision they have to make. I, I think this is more like a, this, this is almost more like a Kirk Cousins situation to me where you're going to go in and, and play out that. And obviously Kirk didn't have the fifth year option, but you're going to go in, you're going to play out the fifth year option, see where you are. Maybe you franchise him and maybe you do have a backup plan in there somewhere. I guess you have to have a backup plan in there somewhere, but I, you know, I just, I just can't attach a name to that right now. So I'm a little hesitant to say, yes, that's absolutely what you have to do without being able to attach a name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think when we talk extension, we talk big extension. And um, I mean, there are a lot of numbers that say Baker Mayfield isn't playing that bad this year. And in fact, he's playing at a, at a rate that is comparable to 
what he's been in his career. Um, but we all think about that last second half of last season. And we think that was peak Baker Mayfield and why isn't he there? You know, why isn't he just like that all the time? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I kind of agreed with the insiders with thinking that quarterback play isn't necessarily the, the biggest issue this year. Um, I do understand how he was a number one pick and you look at someone like that and you think overcome that, you know, go out and be the guy who carries the team to victory. And just because he was a number one pick, isn't going to be a guarantee that he is that kind of player. Um, and at this point, what four years in, I mean, the draft status means nothing. So is he a competent quarterback who can win you games? We know he is. And we know that he can perform really well on this offense. Uh, it's just not happening right now. And so I guess that means you play out the rest of the <laughs> season and see, see how this last, what, eight games, seven games go and, and any playoff games. And, and then you're making your decision about extension. But as far as going into this offseason or thinking right now that you have to go into this offseason targeting somebody else to come in, I, I can't believe that they're at that point right now. Um, although Mitch Trubisky, that, that, that would be interesting. Like bringing him in <laughs> as a backup, I, I don't know. That would, be, that would be an interesting scenario. But uh, – yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'm at that point where I think they should be kind of working on backup plans. I think we've stumbled across our name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll just – I mean, I said this on the pod the other night, but, like, it, they're telling you something with, with sort of what they've done. I mean, they have two of the three highest-paid guards in the NFL. You know, they, they have 20 or $18 million per year invested in their running backs. They're kind of telling you how they – they want to build this thing around Baker or whoever they put in a quarterback right now. So I don't know. They're almost telling you like, they don't think Baker's a $40 million a year guy right now, that if there is an extension there, it's probably like a $25 million, $30 million, very team friendly extension. And there might not be anybody else out there at the moment. So I, I don't know. That's sort of where I feel like this is headed. If there is an extension in, in the near future. And here's another thing to consider about this. And that is the fact that this team, this Cleveland Browns football team was built to win now. Okay. 2021. We've been talking about this since the off season, that this was the year that they were taking their prize pig to the fair. Right. I mean, this, this was the year that uh, they built up the defense to match their explosive offense. I mean, remember this, Dan Arlovsky predicted that Baker Mayfield would be throwing 37 touchdown passes in this offense this year, right? 37. I mean, that's going to fall short by like 18 or something. But um, so when you look ahead, I mean, you've got Miles Garrett still in his prime right now. You've got those guards in their prime. You've got Denzel Ward in his prime and pretty much the whole football team. They're in their prime. They're 25 years old, 26 years old, right around there is the average of your core prime guys. So this is not necessarily a situation where you can kind of let next year be a wait and see kind of year. That's not what it's supposed to be. This year is supposed to be, we're going to the Super Bowl this year. 
or maybe we're going to the AFC championship game this year. And then we're winning the Super Bowl next year, or we're defending our Super Bowl title next year. That's where they're supposed to be at right now. So, you know, I have to wonder what the thinking or is inside the building when they're looking at how this is going and, and saying like, do we just ride it out through 2022 and see how that goes? And like, what if it wasn't just the injury? What if it wasn't just the wide receiving core that wasn't what we thought it was going to be? You know, what if it wasn't just the fact that we played too much 13 personnel and didn't let Baker air it out and be who he is? You know, what if he's just not what we thought he was? I don't know that. Can you really spend 20, all of 2022 trying to figure that out? I don't know. I think, I actually think that there might be something to be said for plan B and at least giving it some thought. I will say, I think the people in the front office are thinking that they want sustained success. I mean, obviously the, the league isn't going to end in five years. Um, and if you're doing it right, the quarterback will outlast players like Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb. And uh, you get the right quarterback and then they, they have success. You know, they, they get in a whole new crew of people around them. You know, that's happened with Phillip Rivers and obviously Tom Brady and quarterbacks who last in the league, Ben, ben Roethlisberger. Um, so you want sustained success. So I think they understand that they have a really good window right now with everybody else on this team. Uh, but I can't believe that Andrew Barry is, is thinking that we have to, like, there's going to be some, like, we have to make a move because this is the best shot we're ever going to have. I, just knowing what, what we know about them and, uh, and some of the things that have leaked out about their, about their direction and their philosophies and, and what they value and that like they want sustained success. So um, that's, I guess, another reason why I don't know that they would go out and necessarily say, we have to make a decision on Baker right now. And they might be able to kind of be in that wait and see mode. Because if he's good enough to win, we saw that he was good enough to win last year. It's just more about consistency at this point. Yeah. Unless, uh, unless Russell Wilson convinces Ciara that Cleveland's a great place. There you go. Adds, and adds them to his list of teams that he, he wasn't asking to be traded to. But if he were traded, these are the teams he would have liked to have gone to. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, maybe that's what they need to work on in the background. Okay, real quick, I got about like four minutes here. So just really quick, my question was a pretty simple, straightforward one. Who's the best team in the AFC North right now? Because mm, it was question. a disaster of a week for the division. <laughs> Maybe this division isn't as good as we thought. Oh the Steelers my tied the Lions. The Ravens lost to the Dolphins. The Browns got blown out by the Patriots. The Bengals had their bye week. The Bengals came out better than everybody because they had their bye. So it it's a great question, Dan. And we need more than four minutes. So you're, we, wherever we you have not. to, wherever you have to be, you're going to be late. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, I still think right now on Tuesday, November 16th, I still think it's the Baltimore Ravens. But man, it's wide open. They're playing some bad football right now, those Baltimore Ravens. And as I've been saying on the last couple of pods, their pass defense, and I'm not sure where it is this week, but heading into last weekend, it was 31st in the NFL pass defense. 
and they had, you know, they, we are already know they're without Marcus Peters, all pro cornerback. And they're without uh, their starting safety now who got injured uh, in their previous game. So um, their, their pass defense is, is bad. And therefore uh, I don't know that they're going to be the best team in the AFC North as they play their next few games, especially uh, that might just be what the doctor ordered for the Cleveland Browns. That might just be Baker Mayfield taking some shots and winning some one-on-one matchups and getting this team back on top in the AFC North. I mean, that could happen. We could be having that conversation three weeks from now on the bye week, uh, or actually not on the bye week after uh, the bye week in those two Baltimore games. So I don't know. I mean, you make a strong case, Dan, about Baltimore. I understand. Here's what I'll throw out, and, and here's my concern about the Browns. The Ravens have the best quarterback in the division. Or I guess if somebody wants to make a Joe Burrow case, they could. But the Ravens have the best quarterback in the division. The Steelers have the best defense. The Bengals probably have the best offensive weapons overall. The Browns don't really have, like, a best in the division. I mean, I guess if we wanted to get really, like, they have the best running backs or they have the – but, like, just as a unit. Browns aren't in there. Anyway, I, I, I think it's the Ravens. I think it's the Ravens right now, but I agree with you, Mary Kay. Let's, let's ask this again in a month. Scott? Yeah, I believe I think the Ravens are, are first, and then the Browns are second. And the Browns do have the best run game, period, Yeah, in the, in the division. Um, but the Ravens have the best football player. I'm not going to call <laughs> him a quarterback. Um, yeah, they have the best football player. And that matters a ton. Okay. You know what? I, I, (laughs) it sounds crazy. I still think the Browns can win the AFC North, even coming off of that game. I still think they have a chance of of winning the AFC North. Now, I I don't know. It's not going to be easy. And it's going to come down to, as we, as I've said all along, it's going to come down to those two Ravens games. They would have to win those two games. Um, and their, their defense would just have to figure out how to solve Lamar somehow. And, and Mark Andrews, of course. And, um, and somehow the Browns offense, their passing game would have to wake up. But it's possible. It's not impossible. I don't know who the best team in the AFC North is right now. I think what a weird weekend. Like you mentioned, Dan, what a weird week. I mean, the Browns are so lucky. They are so lucky that everybody else just sputtered and faltered. Right. I mean, they could be, it could be a different week. It could have gone completely differently and uh, they could be a couple more games out of first, you know, away from first place right now. Um, I don't know who the best team is. Uh, It's hard for me to say Baltimore after watching that game against the dolphins the other night, that's very different. I have a recency bias when it comes to stuff like that. And it's very, it's, it's hard to say any, it's hard to say any team in this division after what we saw this weekend. No one, no one looked good. I think Period. you can make a case for the Steelers. <laughs> you could <laughs> almost make a case for the Steelers. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was out in that game. Now, if Chase Claypool comes back healthy, I can't remember what his injury was. It might be a concussion or something, but anyways, Chase Claypool did not play in that game. And Ben Roethlisberger did not play in that game. TJ Watt got a little bit hurt, but if those three guys are back, you could almost make a case 
that if Ben starts playing some decent football, that they could be the best team in the AFC North. Well, see, Mary Kay, you're trying to you're trying to keep me here longer than I can be here. All right, <laughs> that'll do it here for the uh, our uh, three questions edition of the football and of uh, the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you're a football insider subscriber. Head to cleveland.com slash browns. It's the blue banner at the top of the page to get all your info and get signed up for that. Uh, Got to watch the tape coming on Thursday. Our predictions coming on Friday. Mary Kay and Scott, thanks for the time.